Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Canadiens Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'll be your host over the next hour. And uh, this is episode 39 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the Cristobal QA edition, I guess. We're, we're at episode 39, <laughs> so we'll go with that. Had a couple good seasons, but uh, I'm pleased, as always, to be joined by uh, my friend, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm doing great, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna think back to Brian Scrutland, uh, another yeah. number thirty-nine. Uh, Thought you might. <laughs> yeah, we, well, with we, uh, you know a Calder Cup winner, we had the Calder Cup uh, yeah. presented uh, earlier this week, and and uh, Brian Scrutland uh, won a Calder Cup, also uh, two Stanley Cups, um, and uh, with an A on his sweater, and then went on to captain the the Florida Panthers. Uh, just just a rugged defensive kind of player, the kind of guy that uh, plays hard and, and uh, you never have to worry about. Yeah. And how about Charlie Lindgren as well? Another goaltender we'll mention uh, number 39 that could be backup for the uh, Canadians next season. Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll see how that all unfolds as we get closer towards the actual start of the season, but where we're at, we're at a very interesting part of the year. Uh, some would say maybe the most wonderful time of the year. I guess if you're a hockey fan, when you have the NHL draft that is quickly approaching, is going to be next week, and uh, you know, we're going to be in Vancouver. It's going to be a great time. Always is at the NHL entry draft, and then you know after that you get towards free agency as well. But this is going to be a podcast where we're focusing on the draft, and uh, of course there's some news that has come out. There's been some trades and, and all that, and we're going to get to some news about a trade later on, but regardless, this is going to be a, a very interesting show. And we've, we've got to start off. I mean, when the Stanley cup gets handed out, there's no other place that you could possibly start. And especially when it's handed out to a team that beat the Boston Bruins. And that was the case <laughs> in game seven, when the St. Louis blues won their first Stanley cup at TD gardens in Boston and uh, in a four, one victory over the Boston Bruins. And, I suppose it was uh, probably a good idea for Boston Bruins fans to keep their heads up because you don't know where a water bottle is going to be flying out of uh, Cam Neely's hand. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, a four-one victory for the Blues. It was a, it was a great night. Uh, it's uh, just a tremendous story. Um, you know, it's been well repeated by now uh, with the the Blues finding themselves. Um, uh, when uh, at the at the new year um, on the calendar, uh, sitting in last place, and and uh, you know uh, Barube coming in as interim coach in November, um, uh, Jordan Bennington kind of taking over uh, the duties in in net. Um, they started playing the song Gloria in February, yep. and it <laughs> they just. Uh, they just rolled from there and, and uh, their record was absolutely remarkable. Um, uh, they, they, um, the NHL public relations put out a tweet 
saying that uh, the Blues concluded their regular season with a lead leading lead leading thirty ten and five um, record at sixty five points um, since occupying the last place uh, mark on on January second, um, and they just uh, rolled through the playoffs. Uh, they were great on the road, kind of five hundred at home, but great on the road ten and three. Um, the Bruins lost their la- their uh, three straight home losses to to. Uh, in that series. And, and uh, uh, you just got to feel good for the, for the organization. Um, there's some, there's some familiar people in it uh, with respect to Habs fans. You've got uh, Steve Ott. Um, yeah. <laughs> who um, we remember from uh, maybe, maybe not so fond memories of his time in, yeah. in, in yeah. Montreal, but there he is on the bench. Um, and uh, of course, Larry Robinson um, taking his 10th cup uh, and certainly was a, a calming influence. And, and um, you know, there was, it was, there was a story about, uh, about uh, him going down uh, after the first uh, period uh, in game seven and, and uh, having a talk with his uh, defenseman Pareko being one and giving, giving them some uh, pointers and, uh, uh Gee, what you know would have been nice to have Larry Robinson um, as part of the Canadians organization, but of course, uh, Mark Bergevin um, said no to, to Larry when he yeah. was interested in coming back, <laughs> um, and instead chose JJ Daniel, and we know how that worked out. Um, you know O'Reilly um, with a cracked rib and 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 um, takes the MVP honors. Uh, I thought Pareko and uh, Petrangelo and Bo Meester all played really well. Bo Meester in, in over 1200 games. And, and, uh, he finally gets a, a chance to lift, lift the cup. Um, it, it was just, um, in addition to the Bruins <laughs> coming out on the losing side, which I tweeted afterwards saying crisis averted for Habs fan. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it, just a nice story for the St. Louis blues. Was it a crisis averted, though? Because we're still going to have to hear about Game 5 over the next uh, three months. So either way, I don't know if it was a if it was a good situation for Canadians fans. But I, I agree with you. And Jay Bomeister, for a long time, the good, he was just getting into the playoffs was, was something that he had on his high on his priority list. And then now to win a Stanley Cup, be a champion, that's, that's a great story as well. And uh, and and another thing that uh, that was interesting, and you saw all the pictures of uh, Brad Marchand after the fact, that goal, that Alex Petrangelo goal, and this has been talked about a lot, but even the, I know that he was supposedly, and if you watched the game, they they said he was he was dead tired, but that was a brutal line change in that situation, and that's just kind of something that you have to play through, is it not? Yeah. No, you, you do. And, and it's just, yeah. uh, it's little things. It's the small details. It's, uh, yeah. you never know what's, uh, what's going to decide a game, but, um, you know, every little, every shift, uh, you have to outplay your, your opponent and, uh, and mental mistakes are often the ones that, uh, undermine a team. And I'd say that's what happened there. And, uh, you know, going back a few weeks on this very podcast when I was a uh, co-host, my co-host was uh, Gibby from our friend Gibby from the Have a Listen podcast. I, th- I said that I thought this was the Bruins Cup to lose. And 
you know, they had some really dominant performances in this series, even going back to game six last week when they beat the Blues uh, five to one. And I mean, there was a seven to two win in there as well in game three and the path that they took to get here. And, and we're going to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes organization, but but they swept the Hurricanes organization. They had all sorts of rest. I, I truly believe that this was a huge missed opportunity for the Boston Bruins. I think that they had this or they should have had this in the bag. And, and, you know, I know there was a great performance by Jordan Bennington early to keep the blues in it. And uh, this was uh this was certainly, I mean, you'd say Ryan O'Reilly who had five goals in his, uh, in his last uh, four games played, but the big performance, I mean, Jordan Bennington, the difference that he made to this team and especially early in that game seven, my goodness, what what a story that Jordan Bennington has been for uh, the St. Louis Blues and for, for hockey in general. This is a guy that, uh, and, and you posted a picture of him wearing a Providence Bruins jersey from, what was it, a year ago? It was just a year ago, and, and that yeah. photo uh, that we posted to the um, AHL Report Instagram account uh, was, yeah, it was taken at the AHL All-Star Game. Jordan Bennington, then a member of, of the Providence Bruins. And uh, he's a quirky guy. He's an odd guy um, when you talk to yeah. him. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, there he was kind of languishing and, and uh, um, certainly made the, the, uh, the all-star squad. But, um, and, and even, you know, we, we've heard the story that he was well down the depth chart in, uh, in St. Louis this year, but um, um provided the stability that they the blues needed and and to uh, turn their season around yeah and then speaking of the ahl we uh, shift gears the calder cup was also handed out uh, this past weekend it was uh, the charlotte checkers winning the uh winning the calder cup trophy and uh i think that was some good validation for the carolina hurricanes organization because before the blues kind of took over as the feel-good story for a while there, it was the Hurricanes that had captured the imaginations of hockey fans. And this, I think, you know, when you look at some of the some of the guys that were on that team, Alex Delkovich, you have Jake Bean, Alexi Serla, who I was a big fan of uh, when I was covering the the Belleville Senators. I really liked what I saw when they uh, when they played against Charlotte. Uh, this was just a, a good, I think, a good win for the Hurricanes organization in a year where. They had kind of had a, a bittersweet ending to the season, but a but a good uh, a good trophy, a good uh, way to close out the year for the organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, Andrew Podorowski is another name that yeah. um, a, a guy that I like the way he plays. Uh, he named, was named M- MVP of the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, took Risky, uh, picked up during the season. Um, when uh, Nadelkovich needed a break, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> came in, in the playoffs and he was perfect um, in, in the playoffs. Um, uh, the checkers just uh, rolled over everybody. They had a, a 15 and four record in the playoffs in, in their, their 19 games. And, um, you know, I'll just, uh, I, um, I'll, I'll mention also uh, one of my favorite people in hockey and that's Rick Dudley. Uh, who who left the Canadians organization when you know he felt that he wasn't uh, uh, being used to his full potential and went to Carolina and as senior VP of hockey ops and and uh, he he's the one that uh, put together this the, the checkers team and uh, uh, did a great job and uh, should receive a, a, a good portion of the credit for uh, their success. 
Absolutely. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think uh, some some validation for a year that there was some significant progress made for the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, and a nice win for the organization there with the uh, Calder Cup trophy. Um, so I guess we'll we'll move on to some Habs news and uh, we'll start off with news concerning the American Hockey League. And that would be that uh, Gustav Olofsson, who uh, the, the Habs acquired before the season began and uh, in a trade with the Minnesota Wild for Will Bitten. Uh, they re-signed him to a uh, one-year two-way deal, uh, and and of course uh, he he only played two games and then went down with a sh- uh, shoulder injury. So what did you make of that signing? Well, it's um, you know we hardly knew you last year. Uh, <laughs> Olafson <laughs> had a pre-existing uh, injury, a lingering injury, and and yeah. uh, um, so the surgery had been needed for some time. L- listen, let's let's be let's be totally frank. It was a bad trade, uh, bad trade by Mark Bergevin. Will Bitten, um, uh, certainly, uh, you know, much better player than that. So I, I think this signing is just uh, uh, the Canadians didn't get a chance to to reap any of the benefits of of that signing, and and uh, it's a it's a depth addition, and and we'll see what Olafson can can do. Um, it's interesting that, that Mark Bergevin has been pretty active so far in the off season. Yeah. Uh, a dozen signings now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a dozen signings. And I, I wow. challenge, I challenge Canadians fans to name what half of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have Olafson that came this week. We have uh, Ryan Culkin. We have, Morgan Adams, Moisan, we have uh, Joe Cox, we have Yevpolov, we have Willette, we have Kulak, Belzeal, uh, Otto Leskinen, Wheel, Thompson, Folan. Um, we're getting all the fringe players signed signed up. Yeah, the, uh, it's yeah, it's the really the Mark Bergevin special here that we're getting early on. It's nothing that's really moving the needle, and the most significant would probably be the Brett Kulak, but crazy there's already been 12 and and that seems like too high a number but when you think of all the yeah like you list them off yeah lots of uh, lots of fringe players getting uh, getting signed by mark bergevin early um but, but june uh, 15th is june 15th yeah historically i'm seeing on twitter everybody's all <laughs> excited that a big trade's coming today yeah i mean it's there's certainly the last two years it'll back that up for you but uh we shall see if there's anything that he has, uh, you know, in his back pocket that he pulls out. Um, and now I guess we'll move on to a, a little bit of news or a little bit of a, it was a tweet made by a, a Canadians player who is not a fringe player. It's actually one of Montreal's uh, best players. And it was Brendan Gallagher who kind of chimed in on uh, the women's world cup. And it was team USA who beat Thailand 13 to nothing in uh, their opening game of the tournament. And Abby Wambach, of course, who played for many years, holds the international goals record for, for yeah. And anyway, she chimed in and said that, you know, if this was a men's team, would you tell them to not score or celebrate? And then Brendan Gallagher, he chimes in and says, I absolutely would tell men and have told men not to over-celebrate goals when the game is out of reach. Keep playing, keep scoring, but no need to show the other team up with celebrations like these. Just hope all the young kids watching know better and uh yeah in that game some uh some known players like this isn't these these weren't new players that had scored there were some but i mean alex morgan is an established player megan rapino 
an established player and uh, it just seemed like they were just running it up and and over celebrating and, and Gallagher a guy who's known to be a you know not not somebody that really over celebrates or lets his emotions get too high in that moment uh, when when goals are being scored and you know it gets to a point where you're blown out it seems like Brendan Gallagher is a guy that uh, is a pretty sportsmanlike in that way <laughs> so uh, what did you make of his comments well, listen, Abby, you know, sounds like she lives in her little sports bubble and or her yeah. soccer bubble and, and isn't exposed to other sports necessarily. Uh, of course, of course, Brendan Gallagher was 100 percent correct. Of course he yeah. was. Brendan Gallagher is very familiar with all sports with, um, uh, of course, of course, hockey. But but he's a he's a sports fan of the NFL of of uh, of basketball of of uh, major league baseball and he knows that um, there's it just what what the women's soccer team did just isn't done and it's not no. about scoring goals it's no. about the way that that they were um, celebrating uh, overzealously and uh, embarrassing the, their their opponents. Um, yes, of course, uh, it was a dumb comment by, by Abby Wambach. There's nothing sexist about it at all. Of course, uh, you know, men have been criticized, um, and, uh, and Brendan Gallagher, yeah, good on him. Yeah. Um, Um, now, now Brendan Gallagher, after tweeting that, uh, jetted off to Houston and, uh, to, uh, we're talking about other sports to follow his beloved Toronto Blue Jays, and he ran into uh, Jeff Petrie there. Uh, Jeff ah. Petrie, Jeff Petrie, a fan of, you think he would be more of a Detroit Tigers fan with dad yeah. and, and uh, the way he, his attachment, but uh, Jeff Petrie, a Houston Astros fan, and uh, uh, they met up and took a, a photo, uh, and unfortunately <laughs> Houston uh, got the better of the Jays on that. I, yeah. I think the score was 15 to two, something like that. It was, yeah, it was something like that. Uh, you know, a good night for Kevin Biggio though. And his, uh, where his dad used to play. So uh, there's, there's upsides for the, for the blue Jays. It's going to be fine. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, it's good to see uh, teammates interacting, uh, maybe having a good time. As, as I suppose Jeff Petrie was having a good time, maybe not Brendan Gallagher. Um, <laughs> but, but speaking uh, yeah. of Toronto based teams. Yeah. Um, another, Toronto-based team, and, and it's funny because a uh, night before St. Louis wins the Cup and then the Leafs have the longest active Stanley Cup drought in in the NHL, and then the Toronto Raptors, as if to say, it's all right, we got it. They go and they win their first NBA championship, and uh, yeah, it was a special moment. Um, you know, I, I obviously, hockey was my first first love in, in, in sport, and growing up in a Habs household, I you know, I quickly, if I was playing an NHL video game, I was playing as the Montreal Canadiens. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If I was watching Saturday, if I was watching Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday, I was watching the Montreal Canadiens. But basketball was something that I gravitated towards as well. And, you know, I ended up playing both of them as a kid, hockey and basketball. And I had to make a decision between one or the other. And my parents ended up making it for me because of the cost of playing hockey. And I actually thank them for doing that because I would have never been able to choose between them. So naturally, when I wanted to start watching more of the NBA, the Toronto Raptors were the team that I followed because they were Canada's team. They were the only team in Canada after the Grizzlies departed. And, you know, 
I, there were lean years. Those when I started watching the Raptors and followed them closely in about 2010. And, you know, after Chris Bosh left, there wasn't a whole lot to look out for. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan was great, but this past five years, this past six years, going back to uh, 2014, 2013, 2014, this has been my favorite stretch. I mean, I'm a Blue Jays fan. Like I said, I was talking about Kevin Biggio. I'm a Habs fan, of course. But of all the teams that I've followed, this six-year stretch has been my favorite. And that's even without the championship. Because Masai Ujiri, I think that this is going to go down. It's going to be the stuff of legend, this roster construction for this Toronto Raptors team. There isn't a guy on this team that just won the NBA championship that beat the Golden State Warriors, who... A little bit depleted by injuries, yes. But regardless, they defeated them. They won a championship with a play, with no player that was drafted in the top 10. Not a single guy. Kawhi Leonard, the, the highest drafted dude, was 15th. Everyone else, late first-round pick, second-round pick, Fred Van Vliet, undrafted. Masai Ujiri is probably one of the best executives across sport. And you hear as much from uh, Kyle Dubas, Obviously, same ownership group, MLSE, for the Raptors and the Leafs. And Kyle Dubas says that he talks to Masai Ujiri often and and just gets words of wisdom from a guy who knows how to build a team. And I know there's differences in in hockey and basketball, but, but regardless, he's a guy that has been able to rely on the draft, develop his own, create opportunities for young guys like a Pascal Siakam to flourish. And, you know, ultimately, over this past six years, the Toronto Raptors and Masai Ujiri have given me, as, as a sports fan, something to lean on that I know that they are not going to do something irrational. They're going to think things through. They're going to make cold, calculated decisions when they need to, but that's going to be after a lot of thought and a lot of careful consideration. And that's something that in the Montreal Canadiens organization, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, there hasn't really been been that there's been bad stretches for Mark Bergevin there's been good but there have been bad ones as well and it just felt like the Raptors were a bit of an escape for me to to see a team that things are just kind of set they don't really you know had they have a plan and they're going to follow through on it and uh, you know it was it was just a great night and uh, and and one more thing is I saw some stuff on Twitter about, you know, and if you're a Canadians fan, if you're a Montreal fan, there might be a little bit of difficulty in cheering for a Toronto-based sports team. But when the Raptors win, Canada wins. Because when you look at the impact that the Toronto Raptors have had on the development of basketball throughout this country, you look at the way that Vince Carter impacted guys like Andrew Wiggins and RJ Barrett and Jamal Murray, in 20 years, you're going to be seeing a huge impact because of the Raptors winning. And they had a Montreal-born, or, a, you know, a guy from Montreal on the team, Chris Boucher. Was a, you know, is a guy that didn't play much in the playoffs, played four minutes total, I believe, against Milwaukee. And he didn't see any time in the NBA Finals. But he's a guy that was the G League MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, which G League, the, the uh, AHL equivalent of, of basketball for the NBA. So um, yeah, it was it was a great night, and uh, you know it was it was really something special. And uh, and uh, thank you for letting me uh, talk about it. <laughs> oh, of course, and um, uh, I can't speak with as much passion as as uh, as you uh, about this, but I think you're absolutely right. And 
And, um, you know, we had hockey fans, particularly those in Montreal and, and sports writers, uh, all glued to, uh, this, this, uh, championship run, um, kind of supporting what you said, Arpen Basu tweeted, uh, after, uh, after the, uh, the Raptors won, I've said it before, but it's worth saying again, the Canadian basketball talent that will emerge in 10 to 12 years who were inspired to play the game by this Raptors championship will forever change the sport in our country. That will be the team's legacy. Um, and, and it's right that, that yeah. um, you know, it's the Raptors have already had an impact on basketball in Canada, but this championship will, will ramp it up a notch. Um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, one of the, the top uh, executives of sport, uh, that being the Raptors GM, Gord Miller, Gord Miller, TSN, play-by-play yeah. guy, said, um, you know, tweeted, uh, he fired the reigning coach of the year. He traded the greatest <laughs> player in franchise history for someone who had played nine games the year before, and he won the NBA championship. And and it's those kind of moves that those those uh, confident, bold moves, um, you know, doing what needs to be done rather than um, what what uh, you're told is the you know the right way to do things or the way that things have been done for years. Um, you got to have a lot of respect for uh, hockey per- or, or basketball personnel or sports personnel that can go in and, and do that. Um, yeah. So I, you know, why is this important to Montreal Canadiens fans? Well, um, they closed off streets in Montreal. There was yeah. Jurassic Park in in Toronto, of course, where uh, the fans jammed in. But there was a couple of streets, a couple of blocks uh, closed off in Montreal uh, for fans to uh, to follow this game. It's it's uh, as you said, it's a, a, a championship win for all of Canada. Uh, I know when I lived in Toronto, I, I, I went to the, what was then the ACC. It was it was an exciting uh, uh, sport to follow. Um, certainly not. I don't I don't uh, follow it with the same enthusiasm as I do um, hockey, and 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 I don't have the same uh, knowledge. But it was uh, um, you know it was, and part of that is because I and just an aside, I think it's the worst officiated pro sport. Of <laughs> um, the top four, but but anyway, and we yeah. and saw that in the in the in game six. Um, but um, one thing that I I always find odd in basketball is it's it's much more of an individualistic uh, sport, and and just to contrast yeah. the two, when you had the same the St. Louis Blues <laughs> in Boston, TD Garden, uh, the clock ran, uh, you know, wound down, end of the game, and they all piled off the bench, and of course mobbed uh binnington in a big mob together and then they skated out to shake hands with uh with the bruins in in tradition after the uh the raptors uh, golden state game you didn't see any kind of team get together yeah they all kind of paired off with their opponent beside them and and congratulated each other or exchanged words or it it's a different 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 sport um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's discussion for another day. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> yeah, to the Raptors. It was, it was a great night and a landmark moment for that franchise. And to think that, uh, you know, all the years that, uh, that was, a, that was a very long suffering franchise, very long suffering fan base. So, uh, it was a uh, great to see 
them finally get over that hump. Um, but uh, moving on, we do have there was a trade that was that was made, and we also have this today is the, the beginning of the bio market. So there has been some player movement that has happened, and, and Jordan I really signed an extension with the Islanders as well. But a trade between the Flyers and uh, the Capitals kind of caught everyone's attention yesterday with uh, Matt Niskanen going to the Flyers in exchange for Radko Gudis. And what were your thoughts on that? Great move for the Flyers. Great move. Yeah. Um, you might have wanted a pick coming back, a late pick, but but um, listen, I you know I'm well documented. Gudis to me is a goon. Um, he's been in trouble with the NHL uh, a lot. He's he's slow. Yes, he provides a physical presence, but didn't match up well with with that young um, uh, Flyers blue line. Um, and, uh, and, and, and fine, he's gone and, and you bring in someone who can, you know, he's maybe not a top parent anymore, but still was playing a ton of minutes with the Capitals and, uh, uh, is going to be a good mentor for whoever he, he pairs up with, uh, back there and related to the, the Canadians, um, you know, may, may, um, may lead to, you know, is there a need uh, for Gosta Spira to be, be around? Um, and, uh, and we know there was all kinds of rumors flying uh, this past week, uh, however much stock you can, you can um, place in those with Gosta Spear uh, being involved in talks with, uh, uh, with Fletcher and, and uh, uh, Mark Bergevin. Yeah, so I mean, this is going to be a, an interesting thing for uh, Shane Gostas Bears to see what the uh, the effect of that trade has on the idea of him being moved, and if if that is the, the if that's an idea that's in play, then Mark Bergevin should certainly be kicking tires. Um, so I guess we'll take a quick break. Um, um, well, just, let, just if I can, yeah. I, I just add to that, and you mentioned you alluded to the buyout um, yeah. uh, period. Uh, the Flyers also. Uh, again made a move with a defenseman and again it's just Chuck Fletcher putting his stamp on uh Andrew McDonald who was not part of the the plans who played a bottom yeah, pairing yeah. role this past season um uh, big salary five million dollar hit um he was uh the Flyers tweeted um just when the the buyout period opened today at noon um that they intend to uh put him on waivers uh with the intention of of buying him out um, and uh, and related to the Canadians again, w- one wonders, uh, or at least many many uh, fans have wondered what that means for a Carl Elsner or a Dale Weiss, uh, yeah, uh, the Laurier Pekka, those players who um, may be expendable, and and uh, uh, we'll we'll get into it another time. But I think Carl Elsner, um, that's that. Uh, that buyout is too expensive. Um, maybe there's a case to be made, uh, but, uh, just to put him down in the minors, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that in, in, uh, in future episodes. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break here on the Canadian Action podcast, but we're going to tackle the question of the week, which is a fairly simple question. Who should the Habs take with the uh, 15th pick of the 2019 NHL entry draft? That is, who the ha- who should the Habs select with the 15th pick in the uh, NHL entry draft? And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be coming back. We're going to talk about some potential picks the Montreal Canadiens could make. And, of course, later on in the show, we're going to get to your responses. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, Rick, before we get into our the, the three guys, we've, we've each highlighted three guys that we think the Montreal Canadiens should consider for that 15th overall pick. Uh, would you like to let the people know where they could reach us if they, if they choose to? Well, on social media, of course. Uh, yeah. Tweet us at uh, – you, you know where we are. You'll find us there. Uh, but just a reminder that, that this is a live podcast. Uh, we're live in the studio, and our studio number is 213-943-3754, 213-943-3754. Uh, if you happen to be listening on uh, by, by, by demand, uh, as many of our listeners do, uh, you can text us anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 5853-ROCKET. The Rocket Sports uh, text line is 5853-ROCKET. Yeah, so if you would like, as we, we've gotten some great responses to the question of the week, if you'd like to uh, get your voice heard, literally, you can uh, you can call in or you could text, as Rick said. Um, so we've, as I said, we've identified three guys that we think the Montreal Canadiens should consider with that 15th overall pick. Guys that are that are probably going to go somewhere in that range. Um, obviously, with the draft, you never really know, guys go up the board guys slide down the board so it's it's always tough to say but a week out from the draft this is a good time to to have this conversation and to point out some guys that we think might be a a good pick for the canadians and you know if if i could lead us off here 
I've I've gone in the direction and and you know a lot of the time with the first overall or, or first round pick, excuse me, you go in the way of of picking the best player available. And I think you know this is a bit of a I think last year the Canadians had an emphasis on centers, and we saw that with what about seven or eight picks that they made that were that were centermen. And this year, I think that that should be the left side of the defense. This should be a, a draft where you're stockpiling some defensemen, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the left side. It could be either or. But the Montreal Canadiens need more defensemen. They've gotten they've gotten to the point where their their forward group looks pretty good, but. I think that uh, that a guy like maybe a Thomas Har- uh, Thomas Hardley would be a great pick to play with the Mississauga Steelheads at 58 points in 68 games. He's big left-handed defenseman who can play both offense and defense effectively. Someone that you could rely on both sides of the puck. He's got potential to be a future power play quarterback type guy. I mean, obviously with a young defenseman, there are still concerns with him being able to read and react and see plays in front of him and and you know defensively I think that that is a side of the game that for a guy that has the kind of skill set that he does with his vision and uh, ability to be an offensive guy there's still going to be a little bit of a hurdle in getting his defense to catch up to that but he's still somebody who has a big frame that I think he could grow into and and really just be a guy that could be a good two-way defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens and that's something they could really use on that left side is someone that can be responsible as well as effective on the power play. And that's kind of the, the way that I've gone with not only him, but a Philip Broberg as well, who you look at is a guy that's mobile, much like Thomas Harley's guy. That's a smooth skater. And, you know, I think that this is the, the emphasis that should be focused on. If you're the Montreal Canadians going into this draft is guys that, you know, that you can rely on that guys that look to be solid two-way players. Because in that area, I mean, you're not going to always get the high-end offensive guys, you know, that 15th area. You Sometimes you do. But, I mean, I think that the overall consensus in that area would be to get somebody that you think is going to be a good two-way player more than anything else. Because, I mean, you're not going to get like a, like a Jack Hughes-type offensive guy. I mean – that, that just doesn't usually happen in that area. But, I mean, when you look at a guy like Broberg as well, who I think has the ability, he could be a power play quarterback, but as well as just being a punishing defender who looks like he might be able to be a guy that you can rely on in the defensive zone as well, maybe a little bit more than Harley. So I think that those two guys are the ones that, you know, if you're going to go after defensemen, I think there's some other names that might catch your eye, and I know that you've got a couple as well. But for me, those are two names that I would consider if if I were Mark Bergevin. And the third name that I've gone with is not a defenseman. It's, it's a forward. And I think that if I was going into this draft, I was drafting 15th overall, I would probably draft – a defenseman. I think that that is the best thing to do for the Montreal Canadiens. And generally, I think that there are a little bit more. Uh, I think that this is a better area for a defenseman than than forwards when you look at this draft specifically. And but the one guy that I do have as a as a forward is Alex Newhook. Alexander Newhook is just he looks like a guy who. I mean, he's a guy that can score. He's a guy that is just 
as deadly as a playmaker, I think that that's the type of, of skill that you cannot pass up. And then as well as just having a lot of speed and agility. And, you know, that's where this game is going. And, and the two defensemen that I've highlighted, I think that those guys can play a modern NHL game and still be effective, you know, uh, defensive. And for Broberg as well as just being a punishing defenseman who can finish checks. But Alex Newhook, he's 5'10", but he's a guy that can play a physical game as well. You can't sleep on him as a, as a, as a physical presence, even though his offensive numbers, which, by the way, were staggering for the, Van, uh, the Victoria Grizzlies of the BCHL, with 102 points in 53 games, as well as having 10 points in seven games at the U18s, which kind of shows that against the best of his age group, he is able to be a really big, uh, you know, a scoring threat, uh, even against the best of his age group. And then, you know, I think that he's also a guy that has potential to be that two-way forward, that guy that could be at least responsible in his own zone or at least, uh, you know, someone that you can rely on a little bit. But And, I mean, he's shown that he can kill penalties. So I think that there's – he's got a well-rounded game, and, and that's really something that you look at, I think, especially in this uh, in this area where the Montreal Canadiens are drafting. It's not necessarily, you know, maybe the uh, the guy that you're that's going to catch your eye when you look at this draft class, but somebody that I think definitely worth a look. Alex Newhook is is just one of those um, guys, high energy kind of guys, uh, high end yeah. motor. He's just always on the move, always uh, on around the ice. Great, uh, uh, as you mentioned, two way center, um, and uh, always there to support the the D and and uh, a little more of a of a playmaker than a, yeah. uh, than a goal scorer. You know, his kind of an average shot. Um, um, but just, uh, yeah, just a, a 200 foot player. And, and as you said, for, for a player with a, a, not a lot of size or, or not a lot of height, he's, he seems yeah. to have filled <laughs> into his frame cause he's a solid player and isn't afraid to, uh, play physical. Um, I, I think that, that, you know, the, the criticisms of, of, um, new hook are that, um, he played in in the BCHL, maybe tier two kind yeah. of uh, hockey and uh, that there's not a lot of high end skill there to, to be taken at, at number 15, but, you know, he's committed to Boston college next year and, and, uh, um, and in the NCAA, the hockey East, he'll be able to uh, uh, prove himself against uh, a better competition yeah. and, and, uh, and would be a good pick if, if a forward was uh, on the Canadians list. Uh, but the two lefty that you highlighted are are uh, are 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 would be great choices. Uh, Broberg, you know, uh, excellent skater. Just his skating is yeah. is everything. He is such a strong stride, such a mobile skater, um, powerful north south kind of skater. Um, and I, I guess. Um, you know, he, 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 a big body and, and is able to use his size. Um, uh, he, he was well thought of, uh, the, the reviews of, of his interviews at the combine were good. Um, it, it's just, I think people are questioning his hockey sense and, and yeah. uh, his ability to, to make decisions and process them at speed. Um, and uh, a little inconsistent is in his own end, but, but would be a great choice. Thomas Har- Harley, um, 
you know, a, a, a tall, lanky player certainly hasn't uh, uh, grown into his six foot three frame uh, yeah. at all. Um, but but one of the better puck moving defensemen in, in the draft. Um, he's young. He's he's um, you know most points for a seventeen year old defenseman in the OHL this this uh, past year. Great passer. Uh, good hockey sense. He he is a kind of guy who who can think the game quickly. Um, I, I think you know the questions uh, for him are a bit of immaturity. His effort isn't always there, um, and uh, his engagement is sometimes not there. And and um, I, I, the 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 folks at the combine didn't didn't necessarily like his his interviews. Um, um, it was Harley and uh, Kaliev and, and McMichael that all kind of got uh, negative uh, reviews for their interviews. Now, whether that's a function of his age and, and, uh, and immaturity, um, uh, we'll yeah. see, but uh, could be a strong pick at number 15 as well. Yeah. So what have, what have you got for, uh, for three players that the Montreal Canadiens should, uh, should consider? I'm going to, I'm going to stick to defensemen um, uh for my recommendations of players that should be on the radar uh, of Mark Bergevin, and I'm sure they are. Um, um, Cam York is, is one a player I think uh, pretty highly of uh, part of the U uh, S uh, national development program. Um, 65 points in 63 games. Um, and uh, uh, he's just, um, I, I, I like the way he skates, a strong skater, nice, fluid uh, stride, excellent hockey sense, very smart player, great vision. He can make decisions uh, at speed, very strong defensively, um, makes good decisions when he has the puck. Really strong defender, good gap, um, uses his stick well. Um, You won't see much of a – he's 5'11", 176. Uh, You're not going to see a lot of of a defensive game out of him. Offensively, he had 14 goals, uh, but uh, kind of an average shot. Probably needs some work there. Uh, Just not an aggressive player. He's uh, uh, both on and off the ice. Uh, When you think of Cam York, uh, he's a very laid-back kind of player, low-key kind of player. Um, it would, his interview at the combine, everybody talked about how relaxed he was. Um, and, uh, so if that's a, that's a negative, I, I don't know. Um, uh, Matt Smith had a, uh, a draft profile and I should mention that most of the players that we're talking about, uh, you'll yeah. find draft profiles for all of them at allhabs.net. If you want to read further, uh, Matt Smith and Bladen Potvan have been doing a great job putting up uh, draft profiles of, of many of these players. Matt did one on Cam York uh, this past week that it came out. Um, do you want to do you want to say anything about Cam York before I get to uh, my next? Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think that Cam York. He was a guy that I considered. I mean, with with you know Thomas Harley and and. And Philip Broberg, they were two guys that I had fairly high on my list, but Cam York was right there in that conversation. And I mean, I think any defenseman that the Montreal Canadiens pick in that area, I think, is has got got a potential to be a pretty good one for them going forward. And Cam York is no different. I, I think very highly of Cam York as well. 
Um, next on my list, um, Maurice Sider, and uh, <laughs> uh, he's kind of a you know a bit of an unknown qu- quantity, and uh, but I like him a lot. Um, uh, played for Adler Mannheim um, in the German league. Uh, he's uh, good size, six four, one ninety eight. Uh, still growing into his frame. Um, really good skater. He's very mobile. He's he's a reliable uh, two-way uh, defenseman. Um, really like how he defends, the way he defends the rush. Um, really good anticipation. He's a smart player, reads reads the play really well, uh, establishes a good gap. That's because of his, his strong skating. Excellent hockey IQ. Uh, really high uh, compete level. Um, great on the boards, battles hard uh, on the boards, uh, uh, disrupts the, the, the cycle, uh, uses his size pretty well uh, on the boards and in front of the net, good at protecting the puck, um, and just just a very mature player. Um, he's, he's a raw talent, uh, but, but, but very poised and, and composed and mature, um, I, I expect to, him to develop into a, uh, a top four, uh, shutdown defenseman. Um, and, and at the combine, his was one of the interviews that everybody was raving about how mature he is. Um, and, um, uh, cider, uh, Cam York was another one who, uh, had high praise for his interviews and, uh, and Byron, um, all defensemen. Uh, so Cider is, uh, yeah, you see the rankings and, and uh, they're a bit up and down for him. And I think that's part of him being a bit of an unknown quantity, but uh, uh, I think uh, there's, there's a lot of potential um, there and should be on the, uh, the Canadians radar. Yeah. And I mean, for a guy who, like you said, is a bit of an unknown quantity and some people maybe not be overly familiar with him, but, you know, that's something that you can't overstate is that the guys that when they go there, these the, the people that are conducting these interviews, the, the scouting departments for these teams, they know high character when they see it. And they know that this guy might be a little bit raw, but there there might be some significant upside to this. I have to put in a call to Marcus Eisensmead and see what his, <laughs> uh, his opinion is. Uh, the next person on my list, and, and actually you you uh, had him as well as Victor Soderstrom, and, and uh, um, just uh, you know, very very smart player, um, high hockey IQ, uh, really mature. He 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 looked good uh, playing in the Swedish uh, um, elite league, or at least that's what I call it, playing with men. Uh, yes. Very calm and composed. Um, uh, two-way defenseman, excellent vision, excellent anticipation. Um, you know, at at this age, uh, and and certainly playing with men, uh, um, he's five eleven, one seventy six. So mm-hmm. uh, size is going to be an issue, and strength at this at yeah. this age is going to be an issue. He'll have to uh, work on that. But just um, really nice skater, smooth skater, good balance. Uh, and really um, uh, high compete level. I, I'm, I, I, I say that that strength is an issue, but he's he's not afraid to. Uh, he's tough. He he can hit. Yeah. He delivered some hits, um, but just can't get out muscled in front of the net from time to time. But uh, another defense. 
Now, plays on the right side, as does Cider. Uh, but uh, when you're looking at uh, best player available, I think um, Soderstrom uh, and Cider should both be on that list, regardless of what uh, w- what hand they they are uh, on defense. Yeah, and and I'm just I'm really high on Soderstrom. That is that's somebody that, like you said, at this stage in his development, and and we see it with Alexander Romanov playing against men that is going to be huge before he makes the jump, whenever that might be. So I think regardless of what side of the defense that he's playing on, this is somebody that the Montreal Canadiens should really look at because I think that he has got a lot of, of a lot of upside. And the idea of when you look at the, uh, and I know we, we talked about the Boston Bruins, but I mean, when you look at Tory Krug and, and Matt Grizzly, those are two guys that, that played heavy minutes for the, for the Bruins, the, the, they relied upon in, in, a, in a big way. I mean, with, with Zdeno Chara's uh, jaw and, and also just generally slowing down. I mean, this is a game that's getting faster and faster. And I think you need to have some, a level of mobility on that back end. And those are two guys that can bring it. And I think that Soderstrom is somebody that, uh, that I'm really high on. And, and I hope that uh, the Montreal Canadiens will be high on and Mark Bergevin, uh, got plenty of options uh, we, we detailed some of them uh, but uh, Soderstrom I agree with you is one that uh, I hope is is at least kind of in that uh, in the in the top three or whatever the ranking system might be for for someone entering a, a draft I hope that Soderstrom is someone that they consider with that pick now uh, a player that uh, isn't on either of our lists um, mm-hmm. But we've heard plenty about, and, and certainly um, if you look at uh, the mock draft from Craig Button, you'll see in the, the Canadians picking the number 15 slot, uh, Raphael Lavoie. And, and, uh, and because of his, his birthplace, um, you know, we have a lot of people recommending uh, that he should be uh, on the radar for the Canadians. And in fact, there's, there's um, I, I saw a tweet go by, Habstrix says, um, um, being a French player should be the only consideration and, and, uh, and it's a reality and get used to it. I, I'm going to differ with him on that. Um, Raphael of well on paper looks great. Um, six, four, one uh, played with the Halifax Mooseheads kind of had a d- disappointing regular season. Um, um, although he still had 73 points in, in 62 games, but it, you know, in a, the queue was, was weak this year in, 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 and there was, uh, the Mooseheads played a number of the weaker teams, uh, many times. And, um, we expected to see Lavoie dominate against those weaker Q teams. And he didn't, um, yeah. you know, he was, uh, kind of a disappointing regular season. He was very good in the playoff run, uh, for the Mooseheads. And then just in the Memorial cup, he was kind of, we saw flashes, of of uh, what he, he he can do, um, you know he's he has improved his skating, but but it's kind of just average. Uh, skating's still an issue. Um, he's listed as a center, but I think he's going to make his his mark as a winger in the NHL uh, because his defensive coverage is just non-existent. He's he's terrible. Um, um, in fact, one scout is quoted as saying that his defensive game stinks. Uh, it's just not there. Um, yeah. And um, offensively, I mean, um, he's one of those guys when he gets in the offensive zone who can score from anywhere. Um, 
just a, a, a great shot, um, good vision. He can, he can set up uh, plays too. Uh, he can thread, uh, you know, pinpoint passes. Um, he can protect pucks well, but he's not a physical player and is not going to go after, he's not going to go battle for the puck. Um, I think, and part of that is because his compete level is really poor. Uh, his work ethic is disappointing. Um, you know, talent, yes. Drive, absolutely no. And um, and and he gave a uh, a pretty weak interview at the at the combine. I think this is a player. I think the Canadians have a similar player already. Uh, mm. Tons of talent with with uh, with no compete, with no drive, with no work ethic. Um, and uh, I think this would be a I mean, I'm I'm sure there's there's uh, he would please uh, a good part of the fan base, um, and and listen, he he has the the talent and the potential to turn things around if he applies himself. But I think this is a a mistake waiting to happen. And you know, we had this conversation a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Montreal Canadiens and what they need to do to be this sort of, uh, you know, to, to join the, the Boston Bruins and be where they were in the Stanley Cup final. And one of the things that I think that they need to do, uh, and, and I, they should have started doing years ago, is not let their judgment be clouded by, by guys who, you know, come from Quebec. And listen, I'm not suggesting that, that this guy won't be a good NHL player. As you said, there is talent there, certainly. There's talent there with all of these guys that are going they would not be there otherwise. But, you know, I think that this is a time where you have to be very well thought out and look at this as not just a guy who, yes, he might fill the boxes and being a guy from Montreal or come from Quebec, but you need to look at this with the idea of making this team better. And I think that generally, like I said, I would choose a defenseman in this area anyways. So this isn't Lavoie is not a guy that really intrigues me, um, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not really in favor of of him being Montreal selection either. So uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll uh, we'll see though. We'll see what uh, what happens in a week's time at the NHL entry draft uh, in Vancouver. Um, you know, so yeah. Anything you would uh, anyone else that you and I think actually now that I'm thinking of it. Do you think that Mark Bergevin is going to be active? I mean, I, there there was a lot of activity on day two last year, but uh, there was also conversation about a potential trade that that fell through last year. Do you see him being active in in the trade market at the draft? Well, you would think so, and and um, you know the Canadians have um, a fair number of picks. I don't see this this uh, uh, the number fifteen pick going anywhere. Uh, yeah. And that's, I guess, what we're talking about today. But um, I, I think that, uh, you know, Mark Bergevin has has heard from, uh, no doubt, from um, uh, his leadership group and Carey Price saying, you know, uh, at, in his exit interviews that uh, this is this is the time. Um, and um, regardless of this, this. Uh, reset plan i think that um the canadians needs uh, a left defenseman and um uh there isn't one that's going to help them immediately um uh, at least the ones that we've been talking about and uh even yeah. if someone like romanoff is a year away 
uh, at at the very least. So um, I think Mark Bergevin would like to be um, active, um, but whether he can pull it off, we'll we'll see. Uh, he in 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 that regard, he has he has some chips to use, whether they be prospects uh, or draft picks, uh, to try and put something together um, in bringing in a a, a, a player. So. Um, we'll, we'll be glad to, uh, report on all of it. As, as we said, we will be live in Vancouver next week. Um, and, uh, you'll be following our, us on social media, uh, to get all the latest news, all the behind the scenes news. We'll be in the lower bowl with our group of, of, uh, uh, contest winners and, and our, our rocket sports team, uh, to provide you all the details. And then two weeks out from now, we'll be back to, uh, recap um if any any trades have gone down and certainly yeah. uh pick by pick uh of the uh, montreal canadians draft and i mean mark bergevin if you remember a few years ago someone that did make a draft day deal in the, in the first round with uh <laughs> getting andrew shaw so he does have a history of draft day deals uh but more more often i mean over the past few years it's been uh been random days of the summer where the Montreal Canadiens have done their work. So uh, we shall see what happens uh, in a week's time. But uh, yeah, we've had our say on who the Montreal Canadiens uh, should consider with that 15th overall pick. I think it's about time that we turn it over to the lovely listeners who have been chiming in with their responses. So we're going to take our final break on the Canadiens Connection podcast, but we're going to get to the responses to the question of the week, which is uh, very simply, who should the Habs select with the 15th pick of the 2019 NHL entry draft. So we will be back discussing that, getting to your answers. And uh, yeah, just stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com i bet you enjoy sporting your best habs jerseys dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest habs gear and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning well don't just show your friends show your habs The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, 
Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 39 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Um, so we're going to get to the responses of the question of the week on the uh, on Twitter and the All Habs fan page on Facebook. So we, we put it out there. We threw it out. Who should the Habs select with the 15th pick of the first round of the 2019 NHL entry draft? And uh, we've gotten some responses. We got Matt Smith, uh, who's been writing up some of these draft profiles, saying, I have a feeling they'll leave Vancouver adding to their blue line, either Broberg or Cider. So taking a, one one of my selections, one of your selections, we have uh, Blaine Potban from Have a Listen, or uh, Habs Unfiltered, excuse me, saying, I like Broberg and York. Drafting for need isn't something I like, but at the 15th pick, best player available and need collide. And uh, he also highlights uh, Bobby Brink as a guy. So uh, later on in the draft, thinks he could be the next Gallagher. Uh, Michael Pagano saying Raphael Lavoie he, uh, can be as valuable a player as this draft class has to offer. You have uh, Andy saying cider, 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 and a little uh, German flag emoji. So there's that. Uh, we have Quicha. Uh, uh, I don't know. That's. Anyways, we have someone else saying Maurice Sider. I'm not quite sure how to uh, read their name. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Wayne saying Kawhi Leonard, which, of course, after the, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got to get him in there. And I think he'd make a good goaltender with that uh, that huge hand. But, uh, yeah, it might be uh, – uh, I don't think the Canadians are in the market. But, uh, anyways, that's appreciated. And then you have uh, Jimbo saying Thomas Harley. Uh, and, yeah, so – there's been a lot of people that have been throwing out defensemen. You have Sean as well, Thomas Harley, future Thomas Shabbat. Uh, you have uh, Ron saying uh, Thomas Harley. And uh, you have CJ underscore Castleman saying a defenseman unless something really odd happens and someone drops unexpectedly. Otherwise, the organization needs help on D, especially on the left side. And then Jim Steden uh, saying Harley, York, or Hino uh, sound like solid picks. Habs need D and aligns that these uh, talent uh, are ranked in that range. So that'll be uh yeah. Left side of the defense seems to be the consensus on Twitter. What's Facebook saying? Looking forward to meeting Jim Snedden and Jim yeah. Snedden being uh, one of our followers, longtime followers um, who was a contest winner and um, is going to be joining us in Vancouver and, and, uh, uh, we we really look forward to meeting um, uh, all our our followers and and uh, diehard um, Habs fans and hockey fans. Uh, we're 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 not only taking Habs fans, but but uh, f- members from from almost every fan base in the league. And and it's nice to see them all get together and and uh, interact. It's one thing to interact on social media, which we're glad to do, but it's also good to meet these people in person. Um, on, uh, on the Facebook, uh, uh, the, the all Habs uh, fan page on Facebook, and you can find that by just searching for all Habs. Um, we have a, a variety of opinions. Um, 
Parvmir Bane says York, uh, Harley, or Broberg would be nice. And, and, of course, we talked about each of those defensemen uh, in the last segment. Wayne McRae is looking for a trade, uh, hoping that the, uh, the number 15 pick can be parlayed into uh, a, a top-pairing uh, left defenseman. Not sure that's going to happen. Um, Mark Bazanson says, uh, I think... I'd say Lavoie, but he'll be gone, long gone by the time the Canadians pick. Uh, not sure about that. For for many of the reasons stated in the the last segment, I'm seeing Lavoie probably in the 18 to 25 kind of range. Could be wrong, um, and yeah. and maybe some uh, uh, believe uh, in him higher. Uh, Grid Thomas is looking at uh, Arthur Kaliev. Uh, the the sniper from uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs who uh, had 51 goals, 51 assists. Uh, and there's some um, mm, uh, character questions uh, uh, surrounding him, um, um, but, uh, but an absolute offensive sniper. Um, and uh, that's the one Grid Thomas is looking for. Yeah, so there's a lot of options as we get closer towards the uh, NHL entry draft. And it's always an exciting time of the year. So it'll be, uh, it'll be exciting at the very least to see all of these uh, young, talented players get to put on an NHL Jersey and and realize uh, one step of their dream towards uh, playing in the NHL and that is getting drafted. Um, So I guess we'll, uh, we'll sign off for another week. This has been a, a really interesting episode. It's the last one before we get to the NHL entry draft, and, and we've discussed a, a lot about potential guys that Montreal might be targeting with that 15th overall pick. So it's going to be great to be in Vancouver next week and, and see someone uh, realize their dream and, and be a, a Montreal Canadian uh, if that's a part of it. If they, you know, they want to be uh, in, a, in a hockey craze market, then there's not many more places that are as, uh, as special to play as Montreal. So that'd be a, uh, uh, certainly something to, uh, to watch uh, a young guy get to get that opportunity to uh, put on a Canadian sweater. Uh, so it'll be great to be there with you. Next week uh, we'll be, as we've said, we'll be in our seats uh, for day two uh, of the uh, NHL entry draft. Uh, when the one o'clock time period on Saturday comes around. So you're going to catch us uh, next two weeks from now um, yeah. in, in this time period. Uh, but leading up to that, uh, be sure that you um, uh, check us out and ask us any questions you have on, on social media. Uh, be sure to uh, uh, go to allhabs.net and uh, look for all the draft profiles uh, to get uh, additional information and get you uh, ready for uh, Friday when the when the first round of the draft uh, comes around, um, and, uh, um, and be sure to uh, also check out uh, uh, all of our podcasts in the Rocket Sports Radio family. And uh, we're happy to provide you coverage. There is no off season in Rocket Sports. Uh, we're here to give you the best information. Uh, we can, and um, and from all of our contributors, and and we really appreciate you uh, staying with us in the off season, and and uh, uh, choosing uh, all of our Rocket Sports sites as your trusted source of information. We've been for ten years, and uh, we're certainly going to 
do that for many decades to come. And I mean, when you look at all the great content that's coming out on allhabs.net, especially as we gear up towards the draft with all the draft profiles that have been produced by Matt Smith and, uh, and Blaine Potvin, there's as well as the four podcasts that we have to offer the uh, have a listen podcast, Habs unfiltered the, uh, from the press box podcast with a focus on the AHL and this podcast, the Canadians connection. Uh, and you can get all of those on all your favorite podcasting platforms, search for rocket sports radio, hit the subscribe button. You get all four of them. And that could be on iTunes, overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google play music, whatever you choose, you can find us at uh, when you search rocket sports radio. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back with you, not next week, but two weeks from now. And uh, we'll be discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. And that's going to be an exciting period of time as we, uh, get towards the uh, the free agents uh, free agency and all that so that's going to be uh, an interesting podcast to say the least so uh yeah you can follow me on twitter at joelan19 and we're going to be at the draft and uh, rick as well at, at all habs and we'll be doing some some live tweeting and tweeting our reactions to things that are happening so uh be sure to uh, follow along and of course this podcast has its own twitter account at habs connection and uh, that'll be an Instagram account as well, as well as Facebook. So we'll be back with you two weeks from now at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. That'll be 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll be back discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. So uh, until then, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Canadian Connection Podcast. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.